I don't know how many weeks we'll be on this passage of Scripture we're on. I'm just going to do a little bit of a deep dive or a, or a historical dive back through Romans 8. So turn your Bibles back to 8.1. Now up here is 31, but you leave that there. But you're going to go back to 8.1. In 8.1, I want you to remember, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Y'all must have missed it. Do you get excited about anything? Come on now, seriously. You don't deserve this verse. I don't deserve this verse. Romans 3, 10, and 11 says, there's no one righteous, no, not one. That's me and you. So when we hear announced that there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, we ought to get excited about something. Seriously. I know it's church, it's not football, it's not basketball, you know, it's not the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. But seriously, you ought to be excited about that. If you ain't, you need to get saved. Pastor's being nasty today. Whatever. <laughs> Seriously. There's a problem with a person that reads a verse like that doesn't, and just, oh, well, whatever. Come on, guys. Seriously? You know? There is therefore no condemnation on you. None. None, Jack. None. You can walk around strutting, chest out. I am a child of God, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. You know? And so don't, you know, so powerful, so powerful. Look at verse 2. Verse 2 says that, that, that the law of the spirit of life and holiness has set you free. Now, let me ask you something. Are you free? Are you free, or are you still muddling in the mess? I'll say it again because y'all missed it. Are you set free from this law of sin and death? Has the law of the Spirit set you free or are you still stuck? If you still stuck, that ain't Jesus' fault because he died and he rose again and he sent his Holy Spirit so you don't have to live stuck. Oh, you don't understand my mess. You think the cross wasn't a mess? The cross was in the middle of a garbage dump. I think there's a little symbolism there, don't you? Amen? You know, that was a mess. But on the third day, he rose again to set you free from the law of sin and death. Are you free? Are you free? Or are you still stuck in mediocrity? That's the worst part. Outright utter sin, that's not where the devil is most effective. The devil's most effective in mediocrity. And he's most effective in church mediocrity. Well, I go, but I don't really do nothing. Church mediocrity. I have no idea what God's will is. Well, my my Bible says that if you don't do the will of the Father, he doesn't even know who you are. So if you don't even know know what his will is, and you don't do his will, I'm sorry, kids. You don't actually have a relationship with him. Do y'all still love me? Ain't my book. I didn't write it. Are you with me? But you could be set free so that you can know the will of God, so that you can do the will of God and have an extraordinary eternal relationship with Jesus Christ. 
You say, well, you know, I, this going out here and being a light, I don't know what to say. Say that. You can actually know who you're supposed to be. You can actually know what you're supposed to be doing. And you can be excited about doing it. Amen? Don't tell me you got nothing to say. You know, look at verse 4. Verse 4 talks about the fact that on the cross, every law and rule and requirement has already been fulfilled. Has already been accomplished. I don't care what member of the church comes and tells you, well, you ain't got it because you ain't got this. You tell them to go read Romans 8.4. Enough of that track. I remember when I was young, man, every time I did something, somebody told me it was wrong. I did. I, I was a teenager and I said, what the heck can I do? You know, why in the world would I want this track? You know, I just felt burdened down all the time. Then I read Romans 8, 4. Everything that needed to be accomplished has already been accomplished. So now I can just go out and live, baby. I ain't got to sit around and worry about that stuff. I ain't got to worry about what people think of me. I don't worry about what people think of me anyway. But I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about people pleasing. I got one person I need to please, and it ain't even my wife. Although she's real close. All right? Are you getting the power of this chapter? You getting the power of what I'm talking about? Are you, are you getting it? I didn't ask you if you hear it. Are you getting it? Are you attaching yourself to it? Are you inculcate, digesting it and inculcating it into your inner man, your mind and your heart and going out there and saying, you know what? It's done, baby. It's done. I don't have to run around taking my spiritual pulse. Oh, am I doing everything right, Jesus? He already did it. So stop that foolishness and quit listening to the one, whether it be human or the devil, Sometimes they're the same, telling you all this stuff. Amen? Then in verse 11, just want to do a quick history. In verse 11, it talks about the fact that, I, are, are you listening? Are you with me? All right? We all come to Jesus the same. Needy, naked, and ugly. That was a joke, man. Don't be upset. You know? We all come to God needy. Right? We all come to God mortal. We all come to, come to God unable. Are you with me? We all do. You know, nobody comes to God more righteous than anybody else. More perfect than anybody else. More ready than anybody else. We all come to God sitters in need of a great Savior. Amen? When we come to God, God sends the person of his Holy Spirit, the, the parakletos, the one who comes to live along, alongside of me, the one who comes down and is always there, the one that will lead me into all the truth, positive and negative. Are you with me? It's not just truth biblically. It's truth about, hey, Letterman, what's that? Has he ever done that to you? And I always try to go, what? Anybody else do that? What you talking about, Willis? You know, that's for the old people. 
I want you to hear this. But he walks alongside. He, could, he, he leads us in all truth. He convinces us of sin. He shows us God's will. He shows us how to walk. He shows us how to talk. He's right there 24-7. And the bottom line is, he sends that awesome person of the Holy Spirit into my mortal, needy body. Is he living in you? Is he living in you? Is he alive in you? Is he leading you? Is he inspiring you? Is he empowering you? Is he anointing you? But it's just little me. No, it's not. Because you see, the cool part is when God's Holy Spirit comes in, the bottom line is you are crucified and it is no longer you, but now it is Jesus Christ living in you through the person of God's Holy Spirit. That's some good preaching, if I must say so myself. This is such wonderful stuff. I don't know how many weeks we'll spend on this passage that we haven't gotten to yet. But it's just going to be powerful. It's just powerful. It's just something we can live on. Man, we could, we could chew on this forever. And I want you to understand how wonderful this stuff is. Then in chapter 8, verse 14 to 17, it talks about the fact that you and I, when we come into the kingdom of Christ, when Christ comes into us, we automatically, because when he comes in, the Holy Spirit comes in. When the Holy Spirit comes in, we are led by the Spirit. When we are led by the Spirit, we are automatically made into the children, the adopted children of God. You are immediately, and I want you to hear this. This is not just hype talk. This is not Tony Robbins talk. This is biblical talk. This is what's so important. When you leave this place, don't leave your pla- this place saying, I'm just little old me. You go out here and say, I am a prince or I am a princess of the creator king of the universe. You better not mess with me. I've got all the authority and the and power of the kingdom of God. And I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to talk in it. I'm going to live in it. I'm going to live that way. And the bottom line is, it is amazing when you step out of this junk into his kingdom and you realize who you are. Here's the greatest part. Because I, I got no rich uncles. I got no rich nothing. The, the bottom line is, when I become his child... When I become a brother of Christ, then I automatically get the same inheritance as Jesus Christ. I'm all over that. I'm greedy. Amen? Are you greedy spiritually? Seriously. I want it all. I don't want to miss none of it. I want when I get to heaven, I want a pot of gold and a tasty cake tree. Yeah, baby. You know, I, I just think, I, want, I don't want you to miss this. I want you to understand this. I want you to live this, inculcate this. Don't, don't, don't just get excited about this in church. Go out, read through this chapter, read through this chapter, read through this chapter. Let God speak to you. Let God infill you. Let God help you to realize that's not just Russ, that's me. Amen? That's me. That's little old me. That's old worthless me. That's the one me that's done all those dumb, stupid things. Me. The one who doesn't deserve this. Me. But this is for me. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that powerful? Skip up to verse 26. I love this verse. 
This verse says sometimes you run into stuff in life and you don't even know what to ask for. You don't know what to say. You know, your kids ever gotten to messes and you kind of go, I don't even know where to pray. You know, I don't know what to do. You ever said something to your spouse you shouldn't have? Huh? Alan's back there raising his hand high. (laughs) But seriously, sometimes you're like, I don't know where to begin. Here's the cool part. We come to God and we say our little nothings. And then we just stay there. And somehow God speaks with some kind of groans. I don't even know what that means, really. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. And he groans for me. And he prays for me. Because the coolest part is, he knows me. But he also knows the perfect will of God. Huh? And somehow, he begins the process of putting that me and that perfection together the way he designed it in the first place. (laughs) I'll do it for you. This is powerful, guys. This, this is awesome. This is, this, is, this is, are you chewing on this? Are you digesting this? Or are you just going to say that was really good? If you're just going to say that was really good, you've just wasted an hour. Seriously. But you know what? This is for you to live. This is for you to hold. This is to empower your life. Not just here, but every day, everywhere. Amen. You know, and, and just take it and, and chew on this. And then we get to verse 31. It says, what then shall we say? Yes, we did this last week. In response to these things. If God Almighty, the creator of everything that is, is for us, who or what can come against us? Folks, this isn't just something for today. This is something for tomorrow. When that jerk comes at you. Anybody else got jerks in their lives? In our case, it's a state. Can't stand the state. Can't stand government. Politicians are a waste of human flesh. But, you know, it's okay. But the bottom line is, I want you to understand. No, sir. Nothing. No one can come against what God is a part of and what he has me a part of. That's why I talk about this church. Your, part, your participation is, is worthless. It is. I'm sorry. I love you. I need you to step up and say, you know what? This is my church. <laughs> Something extraordinary is going to take place here. You know? People are going to get saved. You know? People are going to get set apart. And then, kids, you have to understand... When they do, they need you to pray for them. They need you to exemplify before them how they're supposed to live. They need you to be there when they fall down and you pick them up. And like I do with my grandchild, you kiss their boo-boo. No, I'm serious. You know, you don't sit there and say, I knew they didn't get it. Well, if they didn't get it, that's your fault. You know, it's time to just say, you know what? God, you send them and we'll love them. God, you send them and we'll train them. God, you send them. And man, we'll just, you could do something great. But you know what's got to happen? We as a church, we as individuals, because you make up the church. Not, the church ain't some holy entity that, you know, it's not just me and Lisa. But the bottom line is, you're the church. 
Me and Lisa just end up doing too much because too many of you do nothing. But the bottom line is, I want you to hear this, is, is you need to step up and, and take that place because you will never experience the power and glory and joy of God until you step up and become that person. You really won't. You really won't. I want you to understand. I love you. I love you. And you're probably right now thinking I'm a jerk, but the bottom line is, read your word, you'll find out I'm not. Okay? What shall we say then? If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 32. I'm going to read through the rest. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously or freely give us all things? Isn't that powerful? Verse 33. We'll come back to all this. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Let me help you with something. You were chosen. Before the foundation, Ephesians 1 4, if you want to look it up, if Ephesians 1 4, before he even created the world, he chose you to be in him in his love. You've been chosen for the team. You don't have to stand next to the wall. Hope somebody picks me. You've been chosen. Here's the cool part. The devil, nor his imps, nor his people can do anything about it. Amen? It's God's will that everybody be saved. Don't be playing that. Well, there are some chosen and some... No! No! It's God's will for every man and woman to be saved. You are chosen. It is God. God who justifies. It is God who makes you right. Hear that. You ain't never going to make you right. Never. No matter what you do, no matter how many, uh, you know, Never miss a Sunday school class pin you get. No matter what, the bottom line is, you can't make yourself right. But on the cross and in the resurrection, when you asked him into your life, you are right. It's so cool. It's so powerful. I hear, well, but, no but. Hush, 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 hush. There ain't no but. You ask God into your life, You give your life to him. He comes into you. You come into him. You are made right through the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed on Calvary's cross. It covers every one of your sins. It seeps on down. The same blood that seeps on into our lives raised Jesus from the dead. Now, don't don't, don't ask me how that happened. I don't know. I'm not that smart. But that's what the book says. And that same blood sets you apart And makes you into the person that God created you to be. And that's where you'll find peace. That's where you'll find joy. That's where you'll find hope. That's where you'll find happiness. That's where you'll find hallelujah. Amen. Amen? Verse 34. Who then is the one who condemns? I love this. No one. Say it with me. No one. Come on, get the hands into it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Christ Jesus who died, more than that, 
who was raised to life is at the right hand of, the, of God and is also interceding for us. Now, I'm going to come back to all this. It'll probably be in this about four weeks, but I want you to hear this. Think about this. Envision this. The one who sits at the right hand of almighty creator God, his son, the person who sits at the right hand of, of the king is the other most powerful person in the kingdom. And every day, he is sitting there pleading your case. Every day, he is interceding on your behalf saying, you know, you know Jed, she's a knucklehead. She needs this. Amen? That's the kind of intercession I like. You know, so very important, so powerful. You know, and we'll get more into that as we go along. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Jesus Christ? (sighs) That's just stewing that baby for a while. Amen? Amen. Now, there's something in your ear telling you, well, you've done bad things, so you're separated from the love of Jesus Christ. But we just talked about the cross and him interceding for us. Oh, but pastor, there are certain things I don't seem to be able to overcome. He's interceding for you. Your sin's covered, baby. Amen? Oh, but pastor, I really did a bad thing back when. It's covered under the blood of Jesus Christ. Everything, we already talked about this. Y'all need to listen. Everything that needed to be done was done. Romans chapter 8 verse 4. Stop it. Amen. When that dude starts talking, you stop listening. Amen. Do what Jesus did when he was tempting Jesus. Take the word of God and stuff the word of God back in his big old nasty mouth. No, I'm serious. When he starts telling you you're not and you can't and God doesn't love you, you, you repeat, who shall separate us from the love of, you say it for yourself, who shall separate me from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? You say, oh, well, I like the preachers who tell me I'm never going to go through that stuff. Well, you need to call them what they are, stinking abominable heretics. Because we all go through that stuff. I hate, let me be positive for a second. If you ain't going through it, hold on, you're going to be going through it. (laughs) That's just this sinful world. I'm sorry. We might as well put the shot, uh, shot our, 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 our feet with the shoes of peace and get ready, right? Verse 36. And it is written, this comes out of Psalm 44. For your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Not exactly a positive note, but that's the reality. Verse 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. It doesn't say, God will help you squeak through. Does it? It's not what it says there. 
Are you making this part of your life? Or are you just hearing a bunch of words? Am I just wind? Are you hearing? He will not only get you through, but he absolutely will build you and develop you through all of these things by his power and his glory, and he will make you even more than a conqueror in the middle of all the mess. Hallelujah. Why are we walking around so bumbled up? Why are we walking around so stressed? Why are we walking around so frustrated? Why are we walking around sucking our thumbs? Why are we walking around allowing Satan and his people to defeat us? Man, I don't care what's happening in the federal government. Those fools, ain't nothing going to change them but Jesus Christ, and they think they are. Amen? I can't do nothing about that unless God brings them into my life. And I'm going to baptize him. But he hasn't, so I'm not going to sit around and worry. But I am telling you this. You, by the power of God, have the ability. Amen? To be more than conqueror. Not on your own, but through him who loves us. Verse 38. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons... Things present, things future, or any other power. Verse 38, 39. Neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us, you, from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our. I was going to go back, but I'll start next week back. I want to talk about that for a second. Guys, it's time for us to stop talking about this stuff. If something has driven me nuts in churches, it's been committees and talk. You know, let's make a committee to figure out whether God loves us. You don't need a committee. Amen? Amen? We don't need a committee to figure out whether we want to do God's will. We just do it. Oh, well, pastor, that's because you don't like organization. No, I don't, I don't mind organization as long as it's God's organization. I just don't like man's organization trying to run the church. Guys, I want you to understand something. You've got the greatest power and the greatest grace and the greatest gift and the greatest glory and the greatest salvation, and the greatest of the greatest of the greatest of the greatest, it's right there for you, and there ain't nothing or nobody that can separate you from it. And if he be for you, who can be against you? Then why do we live such lowly, frustrated lives? Why are we stuck in the stuff we don't want to be stuck in? Why are we stuck in negativity? Why are we stuck in the doldrums? Why are we stuck in depression? Why are we stuck 
in all of this stuff that doesn't glorify God. Do you want to know why? Because we actually don't believe this stuff. We'll say yeehaw in church, but then we get outside, and the first thing that comes at at us, we're, we're, oh, it's because we're not inculcating this. Folks, this is almighty power. This is almighty healing. This is the glory of the universe. This is everything you will ever need for anyone or anything that comes at you. This is the power for you to become the person God created you to be and to do the things that God created you to do. Are you doing it? Are you doing it? Or are you just stuck? I want you to understand something. God created you with an almighty design. You were created with a DNA. Even though you were created walking the opposite way, you were created with a plan. And God's got a plan. He's got a DNA. He's got a design for you. He's got something so extraordinary. And it is something you will never, ever, ever do on your own. Never. It is so far beyond anything that you could ever begin to dream of. Because it's something that when you start thinking about, you start to get scared. We all do, right? You know, God wants me to what? How? It ain't none of my business. ain't none of your business. If he called you to do it, you step out and do it, and he will do it. And that's where you will find the glory of God. You do not find the glory of God in the human. You do not find the glory of God by going along with a bunch of people. You do not find the glory of God by feeling safe. You find the glory of God when you step out of the boat and begin to walk across the water with your eyes on him saying, God, wherever you need me to go, whatever you need me to do, no matter what it costs me, no matter what I've got to to do to accomplish it, that's what I'm going to do. Well, pastor, that makes me feel uncomfortable. You know, I, 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 I... you know, I like when you tell me I'm okay, but I like when you tell me I'm okay in doing what I do. And kids, I have a feeling. When he called Abraham and he said, leave your comfort zone. Get out of that house. Don't take nothing or nobody with you. And go. And I will make you. Are you hearing him? He's telling every one of us to go. He's telling every one of us to go. But there's too many who just sit. I think of Moses. My man Moses, you know, he's probably, you know, 80 years old by this time. And all of a sudden there's a fire in a bush and it ain't burning the bush. He's going, ruh-roh. And out of this comes a call. I want you to go back, and I want you to deliver my people from them crazy people you were born with and grew up with, and now you're wanted for murder back there. I want you to go back there, and I want you to lead my people out of there. And the first thing that came to Moses' mind was, this man has lost his mind. Right? You know what I'm saying? 
But you know what, guys? It's time. If you really want to grow in Christ, you need to step up and go where you think God maybe has lost his mind. We're too, we play it too safe, guys. We play it too safe. David goes to the front line of that battle. And here's that giant. And God's kind of telling him, and he's a little puny little punk. You know, he is. God says, you go fight him. And everybody laughed at him. People got mad at him. I'll go fight him. Oh, you can't do that. You're making us look bad. Tough. I'm going to go fight him. How about you? You going to step up and go fight him? Or are you going to sit there with everybody else and just watch him mouth off and put your God down? No, seriously. Amen? You know? Amen? Peter. My man Peter was a smelly fisherman. Now, I ain't putting fishermen down. If you like to fish, that's great. But when you come home, your wife makes you take a shower. Right? Anybody? 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 He had no education. Man, the day Jesus died, he denied him three times. But the call that God put on his life was still the same after that ineptness. Are you with me? Folks, there's a call on your life. The question is, where you, will you hear it? And will you do it? And let me help you with something. Participating and attending church ain't it. There's something beyond you that God is calling you to. You see, that first verse we studied says, If God be for us, who can be against us? Folks, you'll never live that verse Safe. That verse means nothing to you. You know, fighting to get to church ain't exactly a battle. When you step out of here and you decide that whatever comes my way, whatever I've got to do to see my family and friends and neighbors come to Jesus Christ, Whatever I've got to do to exemplify the love and grace and power of Jesus Christ in my life, that's what I'm going to do. When you step up into that and you see all the giants and you see all the obstacles and you see all the impossibilities and you say it doesn't matter, that's what I'm going to do. That's who I'm going to be. Then you will understand if God be for me, who can be against me? I challenge you this week. I challenge you. Step up. Step up. Step up. Go. Do something you really know God wants you to do. Be the person. If your marriage is a mess, you be the person God created you to be no matter what your partner is. Are you with me? Step up. Step out. Step into the glory of God. Because he loved you enough to die for you. He loves you and that love can never be separated from you. No matter what happens in your life. You could step up. You could step out. You could be that man. You could be that woman. No 
matter what. But you're never going to experience that power in the safe zone. You can only experience that power when you step out into the, to the walk or, or whatever God has for you where you know that without Him, you're really going to look stupid. You ever done that? You know that without Him and His grace and His power, you're going to fall flat on your face. But that's when faith and the power of God actually begins. Amen? Our Father, this morning, my heart hurts and my heart's excited. My heart hurts because there's a lot of folks that have never stepped up and into your glory, into your power, because they're just They just think church is just kind of something you go to on Sunday. But Father, you've got a life. You've got a power. You've got a will. You you absolutely have everything we need, everything, to step up and be the greatness that you created us to be. Father, my prayer is for this church. About three-quarters of the folk come walking in here on Sunday morning and have no life and have no expectation and no anticipation. They're not excited about anything. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. But Father, I pray that this week would be different. Father, I pray that as we leave this place, we will determine to pray every day to see souls saved, to see our church grow and develop in you. And we will come next Sunday excited, excited about what you're going to do. And we will walk in here with a whole renewed attitude, a whole renewed framing of what this is and what I'm about and how I'm here to minister, not just be ministered to. Father, help us. Help us to step up and step out of our comfort zones and into your power and your glory and your grace. 